Hey lovers, welcome to TSPN. You have landed on our debut episode. We have been absolutely overwhelmed with the response that we've gotten in the lead up to this launch. I mean, especially my lovers, like I know you guys were on this and you were happy for us and you've been such a big support it definitely has been a labor of love. We have really put in the work for the last six months anticipating this launch. We've done a lot of research, um, you know, things that go on behind the scenes. So we are we're pumped. Yes. And let's go ahead and just real quick give a shout out to Norma, who is a TikToker. She created a video probably a couple months ago now where she was basically just saying, hey, I need somebody, one of you Swift talkers to make a podcast called TSPN. I think Norma even tagged you. She tagged a handful of well-known like Swift talkers. And when you sent it to me, we were like, this is it. Because we had been working on this for, I mean, gosh, probably four months at that point. And we could not land on a name. Like, and it wasn't that we like were disagreeing. It was just that like nothing quite felt like the right name. So nothing fit. Shout out to Norma because once we heard TSPN, we're like, that's it. Yeah, really excited, thank you, Norma. Um, all right, great. Well, we have a jam-packed first episode for you guys. So starting out, we did just have the Golden Globes this past Sunday, January 7th. So we'll do a quick recap on that. And then, of course, we wouldn't be remiss if we didn't talk about 2023. So we will probably do an extended version episode where we go way more in-depth to the background of what happened in 2023. Jesse made a whole chronological list. And when she sent it to me, I was like, this is an episode. Like, on its own um it's so did a lot in 2023 <laughs> was jam-packed yeah like i'm like we could spend 45 minutes just recapping the recap so we're gonna actually hang tight on that list and that will be coming in our next episode that we drop but for today we're really excited because we're gonna do a little game where we talk about our top three taylor moments of different categories but first i think it's just you know our due diligence to go through and give a little background on and Jesse and myself a little bit about you know our background of how we became Taylor fans and then also our TikTok stories because Jesse and I while we've been friends for the better half of the past year we have our own kind of stories uh, ahead of this podcast so Jesse why don't you just take us away and uh, talk a little bit about your background well um so my background in being a Swifty would have started in 2006 so um, the year that debut came out, and I actually, it's some of some of my TikTok lovers have heard me talk about this story, but um, I went to see Rascal Flats at the Mark of the Quad Cities in Quad Cities in Illinois, and um, it was fall of 06, and it was supposed to be Eric Church that opened up, but Eric Church was fired from the tour for playing too long. And it was right before my show and the one before mine. So they replaced Eric Church with someone called Taylor Swift. So the only thing I knew about Taylor was that Tim McGraw was on the radio and I really liked it. Like I liked the, I liked it. Yeah. So basically I, you know, went to the concert and I vividly, and I've never, um, remembered an opening act the way I remember this. I vividly remember her 16 years old coming out with just a guitar and a stool, sitting on a stool and playing about six songs. 
off of her debut album, none of us knew the songs because debut wasn't even out yet. So yeah. it it's kind of rare that you you have that where people have seen her even before debut came out. I think it was like five or six days later that debut actually dropped. But so I was a fan that she had me hooked. Like I was hooked that night um, and have really followed her career ever since. I've been kind of in and out as life goes. You know, life tends to go. You get a little busy here and there with life, get married, have babies, go through stuff and, <laughs> you know. The normal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there's, I mean, there's some album releases I remember better than others, Um and I saw her on the Fearless tour, and then um, I did not see her again live until Eras, the Eras tour. I could have gone to the Reputation tour, but that's a story for another time. And yeah, that's that's my journey with Taylor in a nutshell. Anna, how about yours? Yeah, well, first off, I did not realize, like, we talk all the time, and we've actually done a good job of, like, not talking too much before the podcast, because some of these mm-hmm. stories are good for us to have here. We want genuine reactions. Gen- I did not know the Eric Church story. Like, I do know, obviously, that Taylor had gotten that opening act gig through Eric Church being fired, um, and I love Eric Church, by the way, big country fan. Um, Me too. But yeah, I had no clue. Um, well, yeah, so I um, actually became a Taylor Swift fan, so her and I are about the same age. So whenever I think about how you're saying going in and out of life and having different things with albums dropped for me, a lot of my life moments happened alongside those songs that Taylor was writing. So like when she wrote 22, like I was 22 years old. That's where I think, you know, for me, every time an album dropped, it was like, holy crap, how does she still continue to know exactly the feelings of like what it's like to be a young woman growing up Mm -hmm. in this world? And like, Um, but going back into time. So the first time that I ever heard a Taylor Swift song, I was in high school as Taylor was obviously. And, um, there was a convention type deal where there was people from all these different high schools throughout the United States. And so there was this like talent competition and some girl who was from a different state who obviously maybe got Taylor on her radio stations before we did here in Missouri. Mm -hmm. She sang a Taylor Swift song. So my first experience with Taylor Swift was with somebody who was not Taylor Swift singing her songs and the lyrics of that song. She sang Teardrops on My Guitar. Like, I just remember that moment in time. And I think that's how a lot of people are. And it doesn't always, it's not always your first Taylor Swift song, but it's like there's always a song for Swifties that like really stopped time for you. And so Mm -hmm. for me... I hadn't, I didn't know who that was. Like this was back before you had Google on your phone. So I couldn't look it up. And so it was probably a month or two later, I was riding in the car with my friend Kathleen and she turned on the debut album. And I was like, oh my God, this is the girl. This is the same artist that I had heard a month before at a talent show by somebody who was not Taylor Swift. So, so over the years, I've binged all the YouTube videos, all the theories, and um, I'm definitely a longtime fan of hers. Yeah, so I that when you say that about teardrops on my guitar, that brings up for me anyway, um, when she did a performance and I can't think of the show off the top of my head, it would have been one of her very first award shows that she played at. Yeah. Um, and she did should have said no. And for me, I loved I loved her. Like I thought she was sweet. I thought she was adorable. I liked the songs, but that hit. 
Like that hit me, that performance. That's when I knew she was going to be a performer. Like she came out, she did, she came out on sitting on a stool with a hoodie and started singing Shoulda Said No. And she was like in all black. And then all of a sudden they rip, she rips that whole outfit off and she's in a dress. And then she goes back and sings like the latter half of the song under this waterfall. Yeah. With yep. water going in her face and her nose. And I'm just like, and carrying it out, executed it perfectly. And I'm just like, whoa. I remember sitting back at that and being like, wow, this girl is something special. Definitely. Definitely. Well, um, let's pivot and talk a little bit about the background on TikTok. So let's hear how you got started. Like, what was the growth like and where are we at now? Well, I downloaded the TikTok app. I think along with everybody else or the majority of people during the COVID lockdown pandemic, yep. just, it was just something to do. It was there. It was the popular thing. So I like many others for about a year, year and a half, just watched videos. Um, but I had gotten on Swift talk and it wasn't as many, I mean, definitely not as many creators as there, there is today. Um, that were on it, but I loved it. And I kind of watched and then I'm like, wait, I have some theories. I might be pretty good at these theories. So I remember in December of 21, I uploaded my first theory video and that would have been on Woodvale. If you guys don't know what Woodvale is, we will explain it in this podcast at, you know, sometime soon. Um, but yeah, I go back to that and that was my very first theory video and it just I I didn't take off from there I kept I started posting I did um a big series on my thoughts on the lover house video um the yep. lover video yep in the lover house but yeah it took off a little bit more and more and more as it kind of went on so and that's where the hey lovers comes from was that series that I did on the lover house I was just talking about lover so much in the lover house that it just kind of stuck. Yeah. So what's yours? I, yeah. I was gonna say, I've been a longtime follower of yours. I don't know what moment I became a follower, but I always loved with your content that you were so consistent. And um, now I know more about you and know that you're a night owl and will post videos at like three or 4 AM. And True. so then people are waking up and first thing on my TikTok feed is like, Hey lovers. And it's a recap of everything that I missed. Right. So, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I, I love that. And my TikTok story is a little bit different. So I started posting videos of my dog. And then I did a series about my bathroom. I was painting a bathroom from like a dark to light color and really just wanted to have a better hobby to help kind of distract me from things that were going on in life. And um, that first series went mega viral, like almost in a way that feels beyond what I could have controlled. And uh, it was a lot it was like, like champagne problems, but it was traumatic to get millions and millions of views on one of the first things that you really, really post to TikTok. And so I got a huge following from that and felt a lot of pressure to continue to keep up with the DIY stuff. So I did that for about a year and I'm still doing it. So like, if you're here from like the DIY stuff, I promise I'll still do that. Um, but that was when I was like, I need to have things that I can post about and talk about that are a little bit more light on the timing and not as, um, not as 
much effort. And so obviously I love Taylor Swift and I've always been a big theorist of those things. And so just started making videos. And the first video I made, I name dropped you because you were somebody who was talking about the dreams theory. And I remember saying, um, what did I say? That girl, that girl, Jess, that girl, Jesse, Jesse Swift talk, something like that. No, I think I just called you Jess. I didn't even say Jesse Swift talk because then I remember being like, that girl's going to hate me because I totally got your name wrong. Um, but yeah, so then that's kind of how we became friends was, um, through that, like kind of dreams theory video series. Mm -hmm. Where we quickly learned that we had a lot in common with our views on Taylor and pop culture and how she has really shifted our economy and what she's done for it. And you realize there's enough for a podcast. I mean, yes, for well, we, would, we would voice memo back and forth like minutes at a time. And so that was the initial thought was, why don't we just throw these conversations online? Um, mm -hmm. so we're, we're excited for that. We'll, um, we'll try and keep all of the, uh, theory talk away from our text message threads now and have them here on the podcast. Yep. Genuine, get genuine reactions from each other. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right, great. Well, that's a quick, obviously recap of us. Um, but going into Taylor and what happened this week. So we had the golden globes on Sunday. So I'll first do a quick recap of things that have happened in the past, because this year was not Taylor's first year at the globes. She has been nominated four times in the category for best original song for a motion picture. Um, starting in 2013, she attended and was nominated for her song safe and sound from the hunger games 2014 we had um, the nomination for sweeter than fiction and then in 2020 she was nominated for beautiful ghosts which is a song she wrote with andrew lloyd weber for cats 2023 she was nominated for carolina um, which was from where the crawdads sing Mm -hmm. And she didn't win that either, I don't believe. She was did she? not. Yeah, well, and that's a hard category, even this year. Um, Taylor was not up for best song this year, but there was like three from Barbie that equally mm -hmm. were fantastic and could have won. And I'm sure the other two, I can't remember what the other two were, so I don't want to write them off. One but was I remember. Dua Lipa, I know, but I don't mm -hmm. know the third. But yeah. you have Billie Eilish, and that's, that was kind of the song of the year almost. Yeah, that felt like the right one to win. Um, and interestingly enough, she was nominated this year in a completely different category. Billie Eilish was or Taylor? No, Taylor. Oh, about Taylor. oh, yes. Yes. So Taylor, for the first time, was nominated in a category, the Cinematic and Box Office Achievement Award. And so this would be the first year that the Globes even had this category. And of course, the Eras Tour film deserved a nomination in it. Um, she did not win. Barbie won, which was the highest grossing film of the year. So not surprising there. So yeah, Jesse, what is your take on the category and your thoughts around the win? Well, it being a new category, I originally, without really looking at any of the other nominees, I thought that they honestly put the category out there for Taylor to get a Golden Globe. Um, but then now looking back, I think it was put there for Barbie to win because yeah. if you look at Golden Globes in a whole this as a whole this year, Barbie did not take home some of the awards we thought it would take home. Um, so I think that was that was put there so that Barbie yeah. would. I'm leaning towards that too, and I feel as though, especially we'll get into like the Joe Coy, who is the host, some of the jokes he made and stuff, but. 
I can see where they were just throwing a bone to Barbie, which is absolutely undeserved. Like Barbie is a fantastic movie. Not only was it great acting, it had a story that was way deeper than, I mean, maybe people didn't get it. <laughs> maybe that's the whole, you know, kind of bit here is that they didn't understand, but to have not won any of those awards and then to basically be celebrated just for how well it did in the box office feels like it's cutting short. Um, you know, cause commercials like success is wonderful. Commercial success, like that is really a telltale sign of that you are making an impact, but it didn't, other than best song, I don't believe it won for anything else. No, I'd have to look back. Nothing that sticks out like in my mind out of any of the major categories. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was interesting how Barbie really got people excited about going to the cinema again because yes. people weren't, especially after, you know, the pandemic. We've kind of been, you know, nothing has given us that incentive, that boost to get out, the boost to get out there and go to the cinema. And you had people dressing up, you had little girls, you had mothers, you had grandmothers. I mean, like Greta Gerwig brought people back to the cinema. Yeah. Well, and like Dan and I, so we were, we, we don't have children for those who are going to hear this story and be like, what the hell? But it was probably like a Friday or Saturday night and probably at nine 30. And I was like, do you want to go see Barbie? <laughs> he was like right now. And I pulled up my phone and they had a showing at like 10 15. And like, we've never done that. I'm like, who are we? We're being spontaneous right now. Um, and we went and saw Barbie like super, super late at night. And there was nobody there at that time. Cause we live in the middle of nowhere. Um, but I think that's a good kind of example of it felt fun to go see Barbie. Whereas I feel like for other shows, obviously the era's tour and then the Renaissance tour, like those are other events that occurred. It was really the year of the woman. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, let's, let's talk about the Joe Coy kind of monologue, the jokes, because for me, I feel like when I look at 2023 and think about it being the year of Barbie and the year of women, you know, as far as the pendulum swings to one side, it swings back to the other. And so I just feel as though a lot of the patriarchal jokes and the, you know, diminishing Barbie to, I think he even literally said plastic boobies. He talked about he cellulite and flat feet and just really didn't say anything of respect about Barbie. And obviously, you know, there's been a plenty on the internet that has uh, called him out for that. So I think we could celebrate the growth because I do think a monologue like that might have been more than fine five to 10 years ago. But in today's world, people see that for what it is. It's just kind of garbage. And so it's crazy to come off the year of women and Taylor, Beyonce and Barbie really holding down our economy and then having one of the first major award show that should have celebrated women and those works of art to really, mm -hmm. I mean, do the opposite. It's not that they didn't celebrate. It was like that they really trashed it. And there was the joke on Taylor that didn't land well. So just no. not great. It was, it was the type of thing where I feel like him and his writers did not think about the room that they were going to be in. I mean, this was a year of very powerful women making huge accomplishments. I mean, yeah. Greta Gerwig, billion dollar sales in the movie, Taylor Swift, time person of the year, becoming a billionaire, cut all the studios and made her own film and brought it to theaters, went straight to AMC. 
um, and, you know, and many, many, many more in, in women's achievements. You have, you know, director Emerald Fennell with Saltburn and all this, you know, you have a lot of women power behind the economy and behind it this year. And I just feel like there wasn't nothing landed the right way. I think that, and I'm, you see the other line of that pendulum that you're talking about and that, okay, well, we get, it's, everyone's too sensitive, right? Yeah. People, people are too sensitive. It's, you know, but I'm at the point where I'm kind of like, I'm over that. I'm over that, that excuse. It's like, it can be, you could be funny. You could have been funny by, by still cutting people up in a way that was at least equal. Well, and it makes me think of that show Roasted, which I don't know that I've ever actually watched, but I've like seen TikTok clips and whatnot of where a celebrity Mm -hmm. like chooses to get roasted by comedians and their friends. And, um, you know, even the Taylor that, or the Taylor, (laughs) the joke that was made at Taylor's expense here, I'll pull it up real quick. So, um, for those that don't know, Joe Coy did call out Taylor and made a joke about her and then her reaction, which was to not laugh at all and just take a sip of her wine. Wasn't really that much of a reaction, but as we know, you know, we can't react. We can only overreact. Mm -hmm. Um, So Joe Coy said, as you know, we came on after a football doubleheader, big difference between the Golden Globes and NFL on the Golden Globes. We have fewer camera shots of Taylor Swift. And then, of course, the camera pans to Taylor, who just didn't laugh. And she took a drink of her drink, probably because she was a little pissed, because she even said in her Time article, she called that out. She's like, look, I don't know when the camera's on me at the football games, and I am just there to support my boyfriend. And she even mentioned that's the dad's, Chad's, and Brad's quote, where she was like, you know, if the camera's on me a bunch, like, I might piss off a few dads, Chad's, and Brad's, but I'm just there to support And so the fact that that came out in the Time article, which, I mean, the comedians of the Golden Globes, whoever's writing those jokes should have, it's not just reading the room, it's like just having pop culture references and you have the Time person of the year showing up and you don't even know that she's already like kicked back at that in her article. Like Mm -hmm. that joke would have not, I mean, it would have been funny regardless, but like if it was told before the time article, you would have maybe expected a response from Taylor, but Taylor's already said like, screw off. I don't care. I'm still going to these games. I'm not there for the camera action. And if the NFL wants to show me, they will. Well, and I can, I can understand how that room is a tough crowd. It is, but I didn't appreciate he got I mean, through the Barbie joke, I think. And then that's when he kind of went ham on the audience and started yelling like he was serious. He was like, are you guys kidding me? Like, I had 10 days to do this. And as a woman, we're sitting here like and I'm sure men, too, with deadlines that we get stuff done. I mean, you cram you you work hard on it. 10 days to me is plenty to put together. What? Three minutes dialogue jokes with writers. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, I I just didn't feel that sorry for him. And I thought that it made it look even worse that he kind of went off on the audience yeah. and blamed his writers for the non-funny jokes. Well, and at one point, Selena Gomez, I think it was for a Barbie's joke, she put her head in her hands. Like mm-hmm. she just, you know, she had such a reaction. And, you know, if you talk about the room, I bet it was 
awkward room to be sitting in. I, I would not want to be him, but also he, that's the situation that he put himself in, you know? Well, let's talk about what she wore. Let, this is the better part, right? So uh, yeah. the green dress. So Jesse, when you saw her in the green dress, what was like your first thought? Okay. You want my honest opinion? Yes. Okay. My very first thought when I saw her get onto that red carpet was the under print of that green was key lime green. Yes. Oh my God. And that threw me. And that threw me to, oh my gosh. Okay. It's very clear this is key lime green. Are we pointing to last great American dynasty again? Are we back to Rebecca Harkness? Like if you guys don't know what I'm talking about on folklore, there's a song called the last great American dynasty. It's about Rebecca Harkness. Rebecca Harkness used to own holiday house, which Taylor owns now. And that song is about her. And Rebecca notoriously dyed the neighbor's cat, Key Lime Green. Taylor switched it to dog in the song because she loves cats. Um, (laughs) But that's what jumped out. That was my first thought. Yes. I don't, I can't remember chronologically my thoughts, but that thought was an early thought for me. I definitely thought about the Key Lime Green. I I thought, um, if anything, I know some people are like greens for debut and it gave them debut vibes, but I didn't get any debut vibes from it. I got the outer, uh, the outer part of the dress to me gave snake, green snake, slithery snake. It had the, you know, it shone in the light and it was, it was very sleek. You it know. looked like a snake. That was my first instinct. And my thought process was probably, oh, my God, it's a snake. It's reputation. And then I was like, oh, my God, it's green. It's debut. And then I'm like, oh, my God, you're such a bitch, Taylor. Like, why would you do this? Like, you know, you're doing, <laughs> like I feel like she does this to keep us talking about it and to keep us guessing because I'm like, oh, she's a marketing like, genius. She is she a marketing totally genius. Like she could have worn um, like a pink color she could have worn any color she wanted but she's like i'm gonna choose the color that's gonna confuse the hell out of fans because she knows Mm -hmm. that we're aching for either of those to be the next re-record and so if you're not familiar with the re-recording process the only two albums that she doesn't own because her first six are the ones that were sold off um, she has re-recorded four of those six so the only two that are left are her first album debut which she has marked for the color green And then her last album before she moved over to her new record label and is now able to own her work was Reputation, which we know mostly for black and white, if you're actually going to give it a color. Um, But people have also kind of notated like red and green references. And then, of course, green being a snake, the snake emoji, a lot of the things that really led into the rep era. Again, if you're still lost, we're going to do some Swifty 101. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. But, you know, that dress to me was she, I mean, even just the silhouette being very slim to her body mm-hmm. um, gives like slithery snake vibes. It was very um, bad, bitch. I felt like. Oh my God. She looked fantastic, though. Like, that's the biggest thing that I took away was I was like, that color was beautiful. And I thought it was interesting if you guys have seen this. I'm sure everyone's seen this picture now of Taylor and Kelly Teller getting ready at Taylor's L.A. home before. And there's butterflies on her wallpaper. And the way the picture is taken, there's so much light. And you see the teal and the green. And Kelly's dress is very similar to Taylor's. But it's in that teal debut color from the cover. And they just look 
it looks like the cover of debut like with that in that picture yes yeah and again like just drop in little clues for us to nibble on whether or not we're going in the right direction or not that was an intentional image that they posted to social and i've seen the side by side if you haven't already definitely get on instagram or tiktok and look it up but and if you guys think we're crazy taylor has said many times that she leaves easter eggs in her work she said one of the biggest places that she likes to leave easter eggs is in what she wears what she paints her nails lyric books there's all these different places that jewelry clues yeah and it's always fun to look back and be like it was right there the whole time Uh, you know after she releases what she was hinting at you can sometimes go back and start to be like yep she did tell us about this we just didn't understand it whenever she was doing it um all right great well let's do our little game yeah we did um so jesse and i separately made our top three we chose a few categories so the first we'll talk about are the favorite surprise songs from 2023 then we're going to talk about our favorite chaotic unhinged taylor moments from 2023 and then we'll do just kind of a overall things that made us love being a swifty in 2023 so surprise songs let's start so um jesse do you want to explain real quick about the surprise songs and what that really means for those who haven't been avid watchers of the eras tour yeah so in the in taylor's eras tour concert it's more than a concert it's a marathon of her her hits and her eras and i mean this is a three and a half hour show where this woman sings 44 to 45 songs all the way through it gets it's unlike any concert i've ever seen yep Um, So the surprise songs, the surprise set is right after the 1989 era and before the Midnight's era. And she comes out and she normally plays a song on guitar, a surprise song, you know, that's not in the normal set. Then she goes to the piano and plays a song on the piano. So that's been kind of like a, it's gained a lot of steam over time. And it's what people look forward to the most in the set. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like, what is she gonna sing tonight? What does it mean? Uh, are the you know the, are the do the track numbers of it mean anything? You know what what's going on? Like, I yeah, mean, like people the are she gets ahead of it. Uh, sometimes she's inverse and she started on the piano and uh, the pairings. You know, she pairs mm-hmm. songs and you question was this strategic that she put these two songs of similar meaning together? And so the other thing to note about the surprise songs is that Taylor had said at the very beginning of tour that she wasn't going to repeat any song unless she had messed it up and that was an interesting thing because then it allowed us to kind of track like which ones were unsaid and which ones did she mess up and it kind of allowed people later on in the tour to have a better guess at what might be their surprise songs but then at the very i think it was the very last night here before she ended the tour for 2023 she is starting back up in tokyo here in february she basically said you know what we're gonna start over so all these people including you you have a spreadsheet all of us who were tracking like what was sung what wasn't sung yet like it's basically null and void and we get to start all over um so my number three surprise song i'm gonna be really kind of self-centered here and do one of the ones that was from when i went to the eras tour and this Uh, is ranking from three to one so our third favorite second favorite first favorite 
Yes, thank you. Thank you. So this is my, of my top three, my last least favorite of the three. Um, so when I went, I went Nashville night two and she's saying uh, 15 on the piano, but before that she's saying out of the woods on the guitar. And that is one of my husband's favorite Taylor Swift songs. And so it kind of felt really serendipitous that it was when I was at, at the era store that she chose that song and it was so cool. great and she messed it up and then she did the bridge again. And so we got to scream the bridge to out of the woods two times and I have it on video. So of course the second time, like I can't even post it. Like I am absolutely feral. Iconic. Um, yeah. And I do think she was, you know, whenever she sang it again, um, during the, it was recently, it was when she was singing, is it over now? And then she included the bridge from out of the woods in the, is it over now? Surprise song. Do you remember that one? You don't yes. kind of, it was like, cause is it over now is a, um, yes. It's a vault track from 1989, and she has said that it's a sister song to Out of the Woods, and that's why she cut it, was because of its similarities. So then when she did sing Is It Over Now, which is a bop, like that might end up being on one of my top Spotify like wrapped ones, because I cannot stop listening to that song even today. Um, but she sang Is It Over Now and then included the Out of the Woods uh, bridge. So I almost, I feel like maybe she messed up the bridge. So maybe she was cluing to that. She was going to do the bridge again, but I didn't think about that in the future. Yeah. So that was my number three. What was yours? Okay. So my number three was actually a tie because I cannot pick because one is so close to my heart. So, um, it would be the lakes Chicago night one. Yeah. Um, because it's the first and only time she's ever sang it live. Um, and it was such a flex to be there for that, the lakes. And I mean, I don't know. That song just holds a special place in my heart. I still want to get a tattoo of something symbolic of that song. But um, I was there Chicago night one, and she did I Wish You Would and then the lakes on the piano. So the lakes is one that's very near and dear to me. The other tie that I had in my third slot was Getaway Car with Jack in New Jersey. Yes. That was, yes. that was iconic. Like, well, and to me, getaway car should have been on the Eras tour set. Like that feels like one of those. I just, feel like that mm. for Maroon. Yes. Yes. Well, and everyone's got a song like that, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's like unfair. Like Taylor, she can't please all her children. Like, of no. course, we all she's have doing 45 songs, but yeah. you know. Um, yeah. Okay. So my number two, I actually struggled with, but I ended up choosing You're On Your Own Kid, which she featured in the Eras Tour uh, music, or I'm sorry, the Eras Tour. The, which, which time, though, are you picking? Because she's done that more than once. Now you got me all confused. Okay, so the Eras Tour movie, I think I only saw it during the movie. I have a really bad night. memory for the lives because it felt like a fever dream of a summer. Um, oh, but yeah, no. so for me, it was the one in the movie because I got to see the movie several times, obviously, because we're crazy. Um, but when I saw it with my nieces, it wasn't just my niece, but my like cousin's kid too, who's basically like my niece's age, um, you know, to be there with like 13 year old girls and to hear her sing the lyrics. Cause that song has so much meaning and is so powerful, especially at that young of an age. Like there are so many times in your life where you will be on your own and you will have to kind of start anew or, you know, the people that you think are going to be there for you are going to disappoint you and so and even the bridge about like like starve my body like when she said i starved yeah. my body and 
all of those like kind of quips like she obviously included that as a track five song because it means a lot to her and that the lyrics have like really great impact and i've always loved you're on your own kid but it wasn't until i listened to it and heard it as the surprise song in the heiress tour movie with my 13 year old nieces that it really hit home with me that i'm like this was a good pick for the surprise song for the movie because it will kind of live in perpetuity and it's a really great song and has great meaning for young girls. I'm actually surprised that song isn't in the Midnight Set just because the whole premise of the Eras Tour has been making the friendship bracelets. But yes. here's why I think it's not. I think that if it were, there would be a collective throwing of friendship bracelets on the stage while no, she's singing it. And she yeah. does not like anything thrown on the stage. So I wonder if that's why she didn't put it in the lineup. Are you ready for my number two? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Is it over now with Out of the Woods? No! As the... <laughs> Were you faking me earlier when I was like, did you? I tried to like act like I was kind of like confused and like, yeah, I totally faked you out. So um, that was my number two pick, which is so weird that we picked like the same thing. But um, that uh, performance, I feel like is just going to go down as completely iconic. I mean, Out of the Woods is such an iconic song to begin with. People are surprised it's not part of the 1989 set. Yep. And then to do, I mean, Is It Over Now shot up the charts. I mean, it's that so is so good. It's like, it's I call it crack so cocaine. I can't stop listening to it. Like if I need a, if I need a little <laughs> bit of a hit in my day, yes. I'm, I'm not talking real. I'm not talking real. Oh my gosh. We're going to have to put the explicit content on this. I know. Episode. I'm like, inject the song into my veins. Yes, like literally. giving me a burst of just joy. I just love it. Um, yeah. Yes. And when she did the out of the woods, that's her giving to her fans. I truly feel like Taylor is one of those like artists that really understands how to be famous in the sense that she hears us. She mm -hmm. watches stuff and she feeds what we wanted. I mean, the, even the all too well, Tim and version was in reaction to people wanting the original version. Right. She said that on a talk show. So I think that um, putting those two songs together as a mashup in a surprise song was her being mm -hmm. like here's your gift and i i feel like that's the only mashup she's done so far in the surprise the, song sets i'm pretty sure well actually that, all together yeah yeah and i think that's what was so like stunning about it because i i mean like I, i think collectively as a whole when we were all watching that on the lives we were just like oh my gosh what's happening like it just take it took our breath away like she's going to oh and God. i mean people went feral Well, and the thing is, and so if you if you don't know what we're talking about, you could always, always search on TikTok. So you could search like, is it over now, Eras Tour Live or something. And that and was on 11-11, if anyone needs to know the Ooh, date. We love that. Um, well, that one is a fun one to watch because right before she does the bridge for Out of the Woods, she gives a little like, look, like you're going to like this one. And it's just no. so funny. Mother um, knew. All right. Number okay. one. Number one, girl, you get it. What What was your number one? Uh, it was Evermore. Evermore. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I remember, you know how there's like moments in time where it's like time sits still and you're like, remember where you were? Okay, so when mm -hmm. Evermore was um, on a surprise song, so if 
if you're listening to this and you were not an avid watcher of TikTok lives like over the summer and through the Eras tour, then you may not understand this, but I was peeing on the toilet and I remember just literally being like, holy shit. Like, just like, I feel like silence. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I actually started screen recording, which I've never done for Eras tour, like lives, because I know I'm going to catch a better version of it on TikTok the next day. And I can favorite it if I want to watch it again. But I just remember the, the sound of her voice and the way that the crowd was silent. It was one of the most beautiful performances that she had done up until that date. I do think Exile was also just as beautiful, which ironically, those are both songs with Bonnie Bear. Um, so maybe it was also like kind of, you know, helpful to the ear to hear only Taylor sing it. It's kind of like a little treat, a little mix. Um, but yeah, it was, it's emotional. And it, I truly feel like, especially with your story behind why you love Evermore, to mm -hmm. me, that was one of the first times I think I really truly had heard that song because, you know, it's one of those, it's the last song on the album. It's a one with Bonnie Vare. Like, yes, I had heard it and I appreciated the song, but once I heard her singing it live, I was like, holy shit, this could be one of her best songs she's ever written. And I just realized that just now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, Evermore. And I will go into my history with this song in particular on another day. But um, yeah, Evermore has got a big special place in my heart for sure. Yep. What was your number one? Good choice. My number one. This is so funny. Exile. It wasn't Evermore. I totally <laughs> thought we were going to have the same first one. Surprisingly enough, it was not Exile or Evermore. The reason it wasn't Evermore was because I think I was just waiting the whole time for Bon Iver to come in, and I was just more analyzing that. And I was in my head, and I wasn't really listening to it. When you um, were listening though. to Evermore, Evermore, the one you oh, picked. Oh, so did the Evermore? So Evermore surprise song, Evermore, which one of your favorite songs? Mm -hmm. You were disappointed by. Because you were waiting for, I mean, not disappointed, I shouldn't say that, but just like you were anxious the whole time and yeah. not like present. Whereas I'm like sitting there and I'm like, I'm just like time stopped for me. That's why I'm like, I was joking that I was like peeing because I legitimately was like, what the hell is happening? This is so great. And you're like, where yeah. the hell's Bonnie Bear? Yeah, I was just kind of like, is he going to come out? Is he not? Like what's yeah. happening here? And I mean, it's. It's one and yeah, that song is very special to me and we can do, you know, like I said, we'll do another uh, talk about that later on in another totally. podcast. But um, but yeah, my number one was Exile. So when I first watched that, I it takes a lot for me to cry and I cried um, listening to the crowd come in at perfect pitch and perfect time singing Bon Iver's part so she didn't have to was like I mean better than Bon Iver being there literally like I mean Courtney um who a lot of you guys know as Euro sweetheart on um TikTok was actually at that show oh. and I don't I think I remember her saying that her being immersed in it I don't think she heard it quite that way but when you go back and you watch it it's like haunting it's almost haunting if yes. you watch that performance so i highly recommend you guys look up that performance it was um she did it on eight seven in la so 
Yeah, it's one of those ones that I feel like 10 years from now, we will see clips of it. You know, you you jump around TikTok and sometimes you'll see a clip of Taylor that you're like, gosh, I don't think I ever saw this. And it's from 2011 or something. That mm-hmm. exile clip will be one that you will not say, I never saw that, right? Like it, it's right. going to round the internet for the next decade easily. Um, all right. So those are our top three surprise songs. So let's do next from three, which is the bottom ranking to number one, our favorite most chaotic moments by Taylor. Why don't you start this time and give me your number three? So I love this category, by the way, because I I love chaotic, unhinged Taylor. Um, and this means like unhinged as in Taylor doing something unhinged or like just unhinged events that were around her at a certain point in 2023. Right. Yeah. Sure. Okay. It could be whatever you want it to be, Jesse, but that sounds right. <laughs> so I, I ultimately, and, and I have to tell you guys what, what my cutoff was, what number four was, because I just I feel like same. I couldn't, I couldn't honorable mention yes. because I feel like we couldn't get through this without men- mentioning like the Maddie Healy situation as a whole. Amen. Yep. Just that was, the whole that was thing. a mess. That was from a start, mess. From yes. start to finish, it was fucking unhinged. And I was living for it. Like I was just, yeah, this is what's going on. It's a ride. It's a roller coaster ride. But honorable mention, Maddie Healy situation. Yeah, I, think, <laughs> I, I do want to call out that one of the first times that I felt like we're going to be besties is we were talking. I think we were talking about the rumors of Travis Kelsey. So it was post Maddie Healy. And you and a voice memo were like, I don't know. It's just going to be fuck boy fall or something like that. And I just remember being like, oh, my God. And you're like, she broke up with her boyfriend of six years. And, you know, sometimes you just have that season. <laughs> Um, oh wow i know and you know uh i'm without getting in the, i'm not going to get into the yeah, nitty-gritty of maddie we don't have time on this episode but yes no. that was unhinged <laughs> it was unhinged but my number three was the night that she announced 89 because yes. it i mean like it started to get unhinged when she came out in Speak Now in the blue dress. And I mm-hmm. knew the minute she stepped out there in that new blue dress, like collectively as a whole, I could hear our community just derailing. Like Freaking we knew out. it was coming. Like at least I knew. I mean, I knew from that moment on it was coming. And I'm like, oh my goodness, we have a while until surprise song set. Um, this is going to get even more unhinged as the night rolls on. And it did. The website changed like a minute or two before she announced it. And it was just unhinged. Well, and when she comes out in 1989, so to kind of paint the picture for those who weren't watching on the live, um, it, you know, she has these different costumes that she wears, right? And for some of the sets, they are different colors. Um, most of them didn't have a blue variation. And I think, was it Evermore or Folklore? It must have been Folklore. Yeah. Yep. That she came out in blue as well. So Speak Now was blue. Then Folklore was blue. And then in 1989, mm-hmm. I believe she pops out from the stage. At least that's how it is in my memory. Yeah. Where she, she comes up. She comes up, right? And she's in the blue, sparkly 1989 two piece. And I mean, I lost my shit. Another one that Eric was recording me in real time as that happened. And I put it up on my TikTok. But yeah, so my reaction is I cried. Yeah. 1989 was actually my most looking forward to re-record. Yes. I'm just a 1989 girl. 
Yeah. yeah. And that it just was, I don't know, I hit a moment of nostalgia, I think, where I just kind of lost it. It's just, it was an unhinged night for sure. And when we say unhinged, we mean it can be in a good way. I mean, like... Yes. We I love it, living unhinged. It's I just mean, absolutely. Yeah. I feel like I live unhinged every day. <laughs> it's like all right, that's the next tattoo. Um, so what was yours? All right. So my my close runner up that I that didn't make the cut was having Taylor Lautner in the I Can See You music <laughs> video was just like the most left field shit I could ever make up. Like that is the thing that she she was in on the joke on that one. Yes. Definitely. Yeah, so if you don't know, Taylor Lautner was really a theme of the Speak Now album. Um, Back to December is said to be about him, and they dated during that, you know, ahead of the era where she released Speak Now, and he's kind of the one who got away. He is now married. He's married to a lovely woman who's also named Taylor, so two Taylor Lautners, and uh, essentially, when she was re-releasing Speak Now, she reached out to the male Taylor Lautner and was like, do you want to be in on the joke? And so he was not only in the video, he was there the night where they announced the video and when Speak Now was released, which... It was, oh, that night yeah. was chaotic. Chaotic. He was doing backflips on the stage. And then also, fun fact, that was Travis Kelsey's first night going to the Ares tour as well, which was July 8th. So. Yes. And I believe he was in a box or a suite. So no one like really saw him, nor no. would they care at that point. If you were local to Kansas City, so I live um, in Missouri, so we're very familiar with Travis Kelsey, um, but no more than local, you know, any 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 person who lives in a big metropolitan city who has big sports teams, like you're going to recognize your top players of your big sports team. But yeah, the, nobody really knew who he was outside of that. So Taylor Lautner dropping up in the I Can See You music video, which is a great music video, by the way. Um, but my so number cool. three that I actually listed out was Taylor on social media was unhinged this year. Like some of the things like it's wonderful that she liked like your Marjorie video and there's things that made sense that she liked, but there were things that made no sense. And one of the ones that I called out was and there's a moment in her Cincinnati, Ohio show where I believe it was at the end of the rep era where she was supposed to drop down into the stage. And that would have been where she did her costume change and, and swapped into the following era and the stage malfunctioned and she didn't actually drop into the stage. And so there was a moment where she just probably was like, I got to run, right? So she just booked it. And you can tell how large the stage is when you see her running. You're like, oh my goodness, like that is such a long way. And you got to imagine when she got backstage that that's not where her costumes were. Or, mm -hmm. you know, I'm sure there's hair and makeup. Like there's probably a whole kit of people when she gets off that stage to do whatever needs to be done for her to pop back up in two minutes. Well, and it's so. timed. It's timed so perfectly totally that if you, timed. if she loses seconds off time yes. down there, that could be detrimental to the set. Exactly, exactly. So she runs off set. So then the next day, of course, there's tons of videos on TikTok, you know, putting it to good sounds and stuff. And there was one video where she commented, still swift AF boy. Mm -hmm. Swift as fuck is what AF means. And I just remember being like, what is she doing? Like, it was so funny. And you, it's just like one of those things where it's like, she is absolutely chronically online and she loves engaging with us. And um, so yeah, I wanted to include that because when I thought back to like the craziness, it was one of those ones where I'm like, I'm not sure if everyone will remember that, but it, it just kind of epitomizes Taylor on social media this year.
Well, and yeah, I didn't even think about that because to add to that, she cut her hand before a rep set. Nice. And then her post about it was all about like Mercury being in retrograde. <laughs> it wasn't it. Like it was just so chaotic. I just, yeah. Mercury yeah. in retrograde. I love it. I love it. All right, cool. Well, we've kind of, we've done number four and three. So what is number two for you? So number two for me was on September 24th when Taylor Swift attended the very first Chiefs game. Oh, you have that as number two. Okay. Yep. Yep. Love it. Unhinged. Yes. I mean, like everyone lost their damn minds when that happened. Yep. So that was my number. I'll just hint and give you that was my number one. Yeah, I'll tell my story. Like, I'll just tell you. My go ahead and one. tell I'll it now. I mean, yeah. go for it. Go for it. Yeah. So I was in my bedroom making a TikTok that was probably unrelated to Taylor. I was like editing the captions on it, which is a very tedious, like you got to be focused whenever you're um, about to post a TikTok. You don't want to mess up. Right. And my husband knows not to mess with me during those times. So he came into the bedroom to tell me that Taylor Swift was on the TV with Travis Kelsey and he's a huge Chiefs fan. He was wearing his Travis Kelsey jersey that day. He comes in to tell me that Taylor Swift is at the game and I shush him and he knows the shush and he walked out of the room and didn't tell me. And so then like 15 minutes later, I finish editing my TikTok and I post it and then I see like hundreds of notifications, which was really odd at that time. Um, and I, I go to look and on a lot of my videos that I'd already kind of talked about stuff, people were like, she's at the game, she's at the game, she's at the game. And so I was like, what the f-? And I just ran down the stairs. And as soon as I opened the door, we have two dogs. And he's like, oh, mom finally figured it out. And like, I like ran downstairs and I instantly recorded and my reaction video, which I just started recording has like 200,000 views. Um, because I mean, it's funny cause he's wearing his Travis Kelsey thing, but I just, I was shocked. I was shocked because yeah. we are Chiefs fan. It felt really close to home. And also like, what, like what the fuck? Well, and I knew right away, I, I know a lot of people at the time were like, oh, it's their first day in this. I'm like, no way. No, no, no way. I'm like, she's the minute I saw it, because this was after Travis had talked about the whole, you know, friendship bracelet thing, called her out on his podcast. And we never heard from Taylor's side. We didn't know if she no. contacted him or nothing. So when that happened and I see her on the screen and I'm like, she's in chief's gear. I'm like, she's soft launching this relationship. Hard launch. Like, like, I bomb mean, drop. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because like, here's the thing, the chief's gear too. She didn't show up in all black. She showed no. up in chief's gear and it's like, yeah. what? Like we know why she's there. Yeah, yeah, that first game, absolutely unhinged. And I mean, just the amount of time that the NFL showed her in that game was the most they've done. And totally warranted, by the way, on you have a 12 time, you know, Grammy winner, like up there. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's calmed down now. But that first game sticks out for me. That was my number one. So we've gone through all of yours. We need my number two and your number one. Okay, Bad Blood Remix Shouting is what I have written down. I forgot about that. (laughs) That is, so if you don't know, you don't know. That was unhinged. 
That was, it was wild. So during the show, there was a security guard who was being rough with people in the front row. And so in the middle of Bad Blood, as she's singing live with her hot mic, she is shouting at the security guard in between verses. And now it's like a big joke when you hear it that like the audience starts to say like, it's really hard actually, because it wasn't cadenced well. She was trying to fit it between the lines. So if as a like audience member, it's hard to like make that into a chant because there was so like, it just doesn't, it doesn't line up correctly. Um, but yeah, at the very end, it's like, hey, stop. It like, it definitely fits. And so I remember watching that on live and thinking something's terribly wrong like Taylor shouting, you know, like I, you can hear it on the live and whatever. And I, I remember like looking at Dan and being like, you know, he's probably had to be bad. Yes. Like I was like, something is terribly wrong right now. Mm -hmm. Um, But then the show went on and then you watched it later and could actually hear what she was saying. And I was like, oh, this is iconic. I was watching that live and I, my first thought was something's on fire. Like the pyro, something's wrong with the pyrotechnics is what I thought was happening but then as you watch it back you're like oh my gosh she's yelling at that security guard like yeah right well I'm dying to hear your number one I I can't like I already gave you my three so whatever you got I didn't think of okay my number one was the 11 11 show in Argentina with Travis Kelsey there yes and karma (laughs) is the guy on the Chiefs coming straight home to me I could hear the collective gasp of people everywhere when that happened. I'm like, what is going on? Like, what chaotic energy is this? And then it doesn't stop there. We get her running backstage into this man's arms and like them kissing in front of everybody. Like, talk about. How did I not think of that? That is that unhinged unhinged and probably some of the most watched videos of the year for Taylor because it's a love story we have been completely void of good romantic comedies you know we talk about the year of the woman Mm -hmm. like uh they're not making movies for women and so I think for a lot of people who aren't even Taylor Swift fans like the Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift romance has some type of lore to it just because it's like you know a a nice little sweet love story like very rarely too has she changed lyrics like that and especially with him there and I I have a sweatshirt that says karma is the guy on the chiefs coming straight home to me like I mean I have a sweatshirt that says that like that's how iconic it was okay well let's move on to our next category our next and final so uh our favorite moments that we love being a Swifty um I guess I'll start with this one because you started the last okay (laughs) this could this one's a, I pulled this one out of the vault of the oh, year. Okay, I'm excited. so do you remember the weekend after the Eras Tour wrapped in the U.S. leg? So we're talking like August of 2023. And we mm-hmm. had all every single weekend just been on our phones on TikTok Lives watching the Eras Tour night after night. So this would have been the first weekend that we did not have the Eras Tour as a fandom to go on TikTok Live for. And there was this girl named Chelsea. It was Chelsea Beal, B-I-E-H-L. And she did a live. It was called like Eras Tour Living Room, right? Or maybe that's what they dubbed it later. And she did the entire Eras Tour set from start to f- do you did you watch any of this? Are you no. not in on this? Okay. So this girl, and she did it night after night, but the first night, I swear, 
I, I might be exaggerating. I feel like there were like at least 10,000 people watching. Like it was the big bit. Start to finish, her friends were in on it. It was this whole production. She did the surprise songs. She's a singer songwriter herself. So I think one of the surprise songs might have been like an original of hers. Um, and they had like confetti cannons. Like it was I a did big... not know about this. It was so good. And it was kind of like one of those moments where you're like, the joke is so layered that it's like we it was that self-awareness thing of like we've all been on TikTok all summer watching these lives and like shout out to Chelsea for doing the whole area. I think she did it several nights that weekend, um, but I definitely watched it the first one and it was just it was funny. It wasn't like we were laughing at her because she did a great job, mm -hmm. um, but it was just funny to watch this girl who's in her living room with her friends in their just normal clothes. She might have been dressed up. I actually think she had costume changes. Like I'm telling you, she probably planned this for weeks. It was fantastic. That's awesome. So my yeah. um my number three in the category of things that made me proud to be a Swifty in 2023 was when Taylor announced the Google Vault Track puzzles. Okay, yep. The yes. 33, we all collectively as a world had to get to 33 million to get the Vault Tracks for 1989, but we had to work together. Mm -hmm. And I love that she sees how a lot of times on fan projects or the friendship bracelets that we do work together. So in order to unlock that vault, like, people from all over the world had to had to work Get together on. yes it was hard too i'm like not a good word person like yeah they were there were some pretty tough questions i still think we need to go back to that at some point and revisit some of that those questions and answers and i think mm -hmm. there's easter eggs that we haven't caught but definitely that was my three i love that all right great so my next one for number three is the watching of the lives and there was like just as a whole but there was a the night that i think it was either the night that speak now came out or the night after where she added long live to the set list mm -hmm. and it was one of those things where like i had my own little freak out moment like and cried and whatever on my own couch and then i got on tiktok the next day and everyone had reaction videos up and there was this one woman she was like sitting on her couch with her dog in her lap and like i'm like this was i sent it to my husband I'm like this was me and you go to the comments and everyone's like this is literally me this is literally me so it was like one of those things where like yes we are all at home watching this night after night like on our own couches but I feel like when she added long live to the set list, we all were expecting something because the in, the Speak Now set list on the Eras Tour only had one song up into that point. So once she released Speak Now's Taylor's version, we assumed she'd expand it. So she got the guitar on. Everyone knew she wasn't leaving stage. She started singing Long Live, which is a very amazing song on its mm -hmm. own. And so I think for me, it was more about the fandom of like getting on TikTok, watching people have the exact same reaction, realizing like we're all just living the same damn life. Mm -hmm. Really? Like, I um, mean, you and that was your number two, right? That was my number two. Yep. Okay. Okay, so. I just want to clarify because you said number three. Okay, so my number two, um, proud to be a Swifty moment, is making the friendship bracelets. I did the whole thing. I made the friendship bracelets. It was so much fun. I mean, I am like a millennial. Like, I'm older. And to have a, a safe space that was like, hey, you can go back and do what you used to do as a kid and actually make friendship bracelets. I'm like – and it was just so – I don't know, nostalgic and like healing and 
uh, it was great because you're making them for others. You know you're going to give them away. Yeah. And giving them away at the concert was just so great. I, I mean, I think the friendship bracelet thing was, and she knew what she was doing when she put that lyric in there. Yep. Yep. I actually think I missed a little bit of that. I went in May, March, May, um, and I did not know about friendship bracelets. And so when I got one, I was like, I thought the girl thought that I had dropped it. And she was like, oh, you dropped this because she was like really, really young. And she came up to me and like handed it to me. And I looked at her and I was like, oh, this isn't mine. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, no. And I was like, oh, my God, it's for me. Like, thank you. And it was Cruel Summer, which is my husband's other favorite song. And um, so I felt like it was very serendipitous. But I don't recall. And again, a lot of the stuff picked up as the lives and as, you know, TikTok and all of that really kind of grabbed onto the tour because it was less than two months. I think it was like six weeks after it started that I went. Um, yeah, that's yeah, pretty I feel soon. Like, yeah, I feel like it, I don't remember looking around and seeing people with like arms of friendship bracelets. I just, if if it does, I was just like high on the experience and had no clue that that was going on. Yeah. So. Yeah. I tried to take pictures with everyone I traded with and then I gave them away to like, I don't need a friendship bracelet. Like I'm just going to give this to people no. too, you know? Yeah. So that was my number two. All right. My number one, the growth on TikTok, us being friends. And then of course the culmination of this podcast, like mm -hmm. I can't believe it. <laughs> We're making a podcast literally about Taylor Swift and the community she's created. Yeah. And I think whenever we first announced it was on your live and the amount of love and support and, you know, we'd already gotten the TikTok handles and all of that. So we already had a place for people to land to start to follow us. And we I released that like teaser video right away. And the amount of traction mm -hmm. was completely like unexpected and you know being you know being a tiktok creator and having tons of followers i have videos on my personal account that have gotten much more traction or had a lot more interaction and that's not what it's about it's not the numbers from like a sheer standpoint i mean i have a video of my dog like biting his own butt you know that has millions of views right like that's i mean nothing about that video like gives me like happiness like i, I mean i think it's funny and i appreciate the engagement but you know to think about like how we are starting this from scratch we're starting the following from scratch we this is a lot to ask of people to to listen to us for a long long time and and so for you and i it's really about what can we provide a value from what we're already doing the the amount of research the things that we're going down rabbit holes for the connections we're making and i oftentimes find that when i'm putting a video on tiktok it's really hard to get it all in and i'll make an eight minute video and still feel like i left parts out so um to know that people do want to hear longer form content from you and i is just like it just blows my mind even even if the numbers are smaller than our personal accounts those number like that one person so. yeah and this is a good time to give a shout out to like my og lovers who have been there from the start because my following base is not i don't have a, a, a very high number of followers yes, i think okay, it's yes, around you do. i think 33 yes, or 34 maybe thousand yes. but but they're loyal like i have yes the greatest followers and they're just like we're gonna listen to it no matter what like mm -hmm. subscribe i mean they're just a shout out and you guys know who you are you've been with me since the beginning and have given me support throughout this whole journey never in a million years did i think i'd have a podcast and you guys are the reason like we're doing it so yep 
Absolutely. And never did I imagine I'd have a podcast, but once you and I became friends and I think I saw a video about how like video podcasting is like the future of content creation and stuff. And I sent it to you and was like, Hey, do you want to make a podcast? And you were mm -hmm. like, hell yeah. Like it's, it wasn't like I saw it after becoming a podcaster. I was like, I need to find a partner so that I can talk about Taylor Swift online. It was more that we have this friendship. We are already doing the research and it just felt like a natural next step. And we, um, and we just made it happen. Yeah. All right. That, that felt like a wrap up, but we're not done because we still need to hear your number one most proud moment. My number one was um, sitting, watching the lives collectively as yeah. a community. I mean, yeah. really kind of what you were saying, just like sitting there like it's a spectator sport, like Taylor said, and we, you know, it's our football. It's our, it was our, it was something to look forward to. Oh, it's Friday night. Taylor plays here. What time does it come on in my time? Oh my God. It, yes. Oh my know, God. I missed the surprise songs. Like how many times yeah, did you like go Tess, to do Getting something? on Tess's lives and um, just like messaging all my Swifty friends and my TikTok friends and like, oh, did you see this? Did you see that? Just like, it just, I feel like the Eras Tour brought everybody together even closer with those, the lives that we were getting. Yes. It's funny you made that your number one because my number two and three were basically about the lives. Like they're variations yeah. of that experience because, and it's, I just am so excited that it's not done. We have a whole nother year of it and 2024 is gonna be a hard year. It's an election mm -hmm. year. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, we had a really great year of women last year. We talked about that earlier with, um, you know, the Barbie movie and Beyonce and Taylor and stuff. And so I can imagine that this year there might be some backlash to that. And so I'm really excited that Taylor is going to continue to be doing the shows and that we're going to be able to watch them on live and kind of keep that habit up because it is a it is a happy place for a lot of us. And it's mm -hmm. a great opportunity for us to have a sense of community with other people with like-minded, you know, interests. And it's really unproblematic content, right? You know, it's it's healthy to absorb and there's there's nothing wrong with hopping on a grainy TikTok live and and listening right. to the same set list. Like it's it's easy entertainment. And that's why I think the surprise songs are awesome. Or like when she's screaming from the stage about the security guard, like there's always something she's always feeding us something, and that's what keeps right. us coming back. Yeah. So. I agree. Well, that's All a right. good wrap up. For sure. That is a good wrap up. So um, kind of in conclusion, I do want to say that we do know that there are a lot of topics that you guys want us to cover, and we already have our own list just growing. And so we will go back in time. We will do some Swifty 101. Um, but we also want to include a Q&A section just because we know there's just going to be kind of quick hitting questions and things that you guys want us to answer. So we'll obviously begin to incorporate that once we get some questions in. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw up a form on our website. So that's tspodnetwork.com where you can put your questions that you want us to address on the show. We've already gotten inbox notifications from our TikTok, my personal TikTok, probably your personal TikTok. So there's a mm -hmm. lot that is already kind of coming through. So we just want one consolidated place where Jesse and I can kind of see what's coming in and then pick and choose which topics. We'll probably find themes of them and be able to use a question and answer section to make sure that we're getting to some of those one-off things that you might want us to cover. And then of course, bigger themes we can do full on episodes for. And then also, I do want to let you guys know that I am leaving an Easter egg in this podcast. So is it, it visual or audible? Like, do it, they have to see it on YouTube to see it? It's visual. Okay. 
And you will see it in some if you don't get on and like watch it and you're just listening to it. You'll see clips on TikTok and, you know, wherever to to catch it. But it's 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 there. You got me looking. I don't see it. Is it one we talked about earlier? Mm hmm. OK, I think so. I'll have to tell you after, but I, I mean, I know I'm kind of the queen of theories and Easter eggs on TikTok and all that. So I thought it would be fun to maybe try to I do an it. Easter egg for you guys every, um, every episode. Oh my goodness. I love it. All right, great. Well, as we wrap up, um, over the next several weeks, we've got lots of stuff coming up. You guys, we've got Grammys. We're kickstarting the Eras tour here in February. Hopefully the Chiefs will go to the Super Bowl. I don't know. I say that selfishly as a Chiefs fan, but as always, we do appreciate you guys listening to us. So if you don't follow us already on TikTok, we've got that. We have an Instagram that we'll be posting to. And then we also are on uh, YouTube. So YouTube subscribers are really a great way to help us grow. And then, of course, you can rate the podcast on whatever you're listening to it on. So whether that's Apple, Spotify, whatever, there should be a five-star rating option. So if you can give us a rating, sometimes it takes a couple episodes for them to allow that. Um, but we would definitely love it because it helps with our um, optimization of people being able to find us. And as always, we love you guys. We appreciate you for listening to us. And we will see you next week. Bye. 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 <laughs>